0: Hello and welcome back to the podcast, guys. I'm super excited to bring you today's podcast episode. Now, actually, oh damn it, I use the word guys. Okay, so I got a message and someone said to me, can you stop saying the word guys? Like, hi guys. And I was like, mm, okay, well, I do that out of habit. So I've been thinking about words that I can replace guys with. Hello, everyone. But everyone doesn't seem, you know, you guys are my friends and I don't know, everyone just seems a little bit cold. I could do hello, boys and girls, but that sounds very demeaning, like I'm your teacher. Um, I can't do like ladies because I know I do have some male listeners. What's up, y'all? Can't do that. I can't do that. That, That's something a 12-year-old would say, and I'm not 12. Um, So anyway, any suggestions? I'm really open to suggestions on what I should call you all hello friends I could do friends you're all my friends Hmm, that's one let me think about it I will 100% default to guys because it's a habit of mine and I just say it but um, please send me a DM if you've got any suggestions. Anyway, I've just completely rambled. I want to get into today's podcast episode, but first of all, I just want to touch on the free resource that we can offer you, which is linked in the podcast show notes. So that is our macro table swap guide. If you send through your email, we will get that emailed back to you. That's an awesome, awesome resource. So we'll show you how to create hundreds of meals, really, with all different protein, carbohydrate sources and fat sources as well. Um, And if you are interested in joining our one-on-one coaching program, we have a few spots available and we do have the application linked in the show notes too. I will also be answering a listener question at the end of this podcast interview, so make sure to hang around. All right, let's get stuck into it hello and welcome back to the girl fit method podcast so on today's episode i am joined by two absolutely beautiful women i was just complimenting them before we hit record here on how lucky i am to be surrounded by such gorgeous ladies so we have our client diana welcome and we have coach Cap with us hey ladies hello. hello welcome welcome so today's podcast episode We are really going to dive into Diana's story and I want her to kind of kickstart things. But really what this podcast is going to be about is we find that we do get approached by women who maybe have had more struggles with overconsuming and have additional fat to lose. I know we talk a lot about um, reverse dieting and talking about girls that maybe don't hold a lot of body fat and maybe that they need to really work on actually being able to eat more and potentially actually being okay with putting on weight right that's a lot of what we chat about but there are other women that we do help and I think it's really important to share everybody's story and Diana is just as us Aussies say an absolute legend we love her and she has a really powerful story to share so I'm going to kick things off with you Diana and without it sounding too, you know, lame, I'm going to say, tell me a little bit about your upbringing. What were you like as a child? But I think that your story, um, it really bleeds into, you know, your adult life. Uh, what your experiences were in regards to food um, and how you were brought up. So, do you want to kickstart us off?
1: Sure. Um, so, 33 years is a lot to consolidate. So, I took notes for this. <laughs> Um, so I am actually foreign born. I was born in Germany by Polish parents and all we speak is Polish at home. And we came to the States when I was six months old. So I, um, was raised in the States, right. But very, very Polish family. And, uh, we came here with two suitcases and then me in a poopy diaper. And, (laughs) and so Growing up, really, uh, as we made our way in the States and my parents were trying to achieve the American dream, um, eating was a conversation, right? Make sure to eat everything on your plate because there's kids around the world that don't have enough to eat. So that was the conversation when we first came in the States and I was you know, maybe kind of in elementary school range. And then fifth, sixth grade, I would say is my first memory of my dad taking away a bag of chips from me and saying that's enough. Um, And then starting to hear the opposite. And chips have always been a weakness of mine. And that's really the first memory that I have of him um, taking food away or making a face when I went for a bite of something. Um, So that's kind of when it peaked in my brain that, I was maybe bigger than others. Uh, After that, the the next time that things would be kind of subtle. And then the next time there was a big push was I was finishing high school, getting ready for college. And my father signed me up for something called Medi weight loss. So people in the States may be familiar with it. It's a, uh, it's a clinic essentially where they give you appetite suppressants. They recommend you eat only seven to 800 calories a day, but then they're aware that your body is losing energy because you're literally not eating, eating anything to give yourself energy. So then you have to go into the office twice a week to get B12 shots in your behind. Can so, I just
0: stop you there, Diana, for one second? So, so how old were you at this point?
1: I was about 18. So, so to give some more context, like high school was the era when Fin Fin became big in the United States. Atkins diet. Like I remember my mom being on Atkins diet and losing a ton of weight. Um, South beach diet was coming out like around that time at the end when dad sent me to Medi weight loss. So 17, 18 was the first time I took weight loss medicine. Okay. And so why
0: did your dad send you there? Were you, at that point, were you having issues with overeating? Were you at an unhealthy weight? Like what was the
1: reasoning behind him sending you there? So looking at pictures now, I wouldn't have said that I was overweight when I was 10. Sure. When I was 17, 18, I feel like I was in like my young prime. Um, <clears throat> but dad saw trends, right? And he knew that I was about to go to college. He knew that I'd be on my own and he wouldn't be there. And the reality is, I don't think it's much of a cultural thing. I think it very much is my family. Um, My family is a bit superficial, right? My parents met at a pool. My dad was the lifeguard in his red Speedo. And my mom was a model that played hooky from school. Her photo was literally on the top of taxi cabs in Warsaw. Um, My mom is a stunner. So, that was Diana,
0: by the way. She's beautiful. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, absolutely beautiful. Makes
2: sense sense
1: now. Looking at Diana. Got your mama's (laughs) jeans. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, that was, it was a a dad thing for sure, wanting me to be like my mom. So, it sounds to me like they
0: had really what held importance to them was probably a simulate. I, I mean, I know that you have, your family had come from another country and I do wonder if that did play some kind of a part in that. It sounds to me like he was worried about you not fitting in or potentially you not being able to achieve X, Y, Z goals because he felt like you didn't look the part, right? So although it sounds to me like he wasn't being cruel, it is actually a very cruel thing to do to your young daughter, but it had come with you know, somewhat good intentions. And that's how parents' issues can get passed down to their children. So easy to do. You know, even myself becoming a parent, you're going to be so mindful that your own preconceptions and judgments and issues, really, you can so easily pass on to your children. So I could only imagine that is a very, very, very strong signal to be sent at a very impressionable age that you better look a certain way Otherwise, maybe you're not as valuable or you're not worth it. This holds really, of, it's of great importance, the size of your body.
1: Yeah, very much so. It was, um, it was ingrained pretty early. And then I took that with me into college and um, <clears throat> I met several trainers. Um, and for those of you that are listening, I'm doing quotation marks. I met several trainers, so people that claim to be trainers. And I worked with them. Um, ranging from the person that um I was actually eating decently. Like there was one trainer that had me eating six eggs for breakfast with oatmeal and an apple and then like salmon and extra lean ground beef, but that was the same guy that I would go in the morning for two hours of weightlifting and cardio, take a nap maybe make it to a few classes and then go work out again at night for more cardio. So I was in the gym easily three, three and a half hours, six days a week. There was another trainer that essentially um, kind of made me his um, fat fluencer. So he was used to working with, um, and this is going to tie perfectly into today's topic, he, um, he usually worked with thin girls and he had never had a bigger client before. And so he took me under his wing. He had me eating chicken, broccoli, and eggs. That was my meal. And then he would pay for me to go get my hair and nails done. And then during my workouts, instead of training me, he would film me to then bring in more clients. I wonder if he was
0: trying to use you as his before and after to sell more of his coaching. You know, because when you have someone that has a big transformation and just talking from a business perspective, as a trainer, an online coach running a business, if you can show that there's someone who has come in looking a certain way and they have a drastic change, then that is actually quite eye catching, right? People go, wow, wow. So it sounds to me like he was, you know, you were his little project that he could then use to build his business, which is really gross to be honest. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, um, you know, I was, I was Instagram famous if you will, like people around Charlotte recognized me, but at the same time, I didn't speak to my family for three months because I was so hangry and I was so tired. Even if I look at my progress pictures and I show people now my, I had huge black circles under my eyes because my eyes were sinking into my face because I was starving and I was exhausted. He would make me send him pictures of the cardio machine when I was done so he could track how long I was on the elliptical or on the treadmill.
0: Yeah, that's really, I'm really sorry that happened to you. It blows my mind that there are people out there like that. Our industry, if you're a good trainer, and you've got a good heart, it's hard to make money because where it's really easy to make money in our industry is to sell extremes and to really exploit people. In order for your own gain and that's what's happening sounds like that's what's happening there with that trainer is that he's really wanting to get an extreme result from you and so he's putting you through an extreme protocol which is only going to really hurt your health now okay with all of that said so when you had approached us what situation were you in physically and mentally
1: yeah um so I had been the heaviest I'd ever gotten And, um, what really, um, I I got to a point where I had no sex drive and I'm a single girl in my early thirties living in a very walkable, wonderful city. And I remember being at the pool last 4th of July, um, which is coming up. Uh, and I, I was at the pool and there were easily 50 men there and not one caught my eye and I was like, Oh, okay. Uh, that's odd. Um, I remember Halloween was coming up. I had the hardest time finding costumes was crying in the dressing room. And I was supposed to go dancing, which is one of my greatest passions in life. And I was literally dressed to go out the door. And there's a mirror, there's a full length mirror in my apartment on the way to the door. And I saw back fat and I started vomiting from anxiety. Just thinking about people seeing me in my state. Um, and a few weeks later, I found y'all on Instagram. H, Some would say, (laughs) (laughs) I would say, I don't even remember how I found y'all. I don't know how you came up at all, but I just remember going down the feed and just remember thinking y'all never use the word diet. Um, y'all are using very real girls. Um, you're not making any promises about anything. You're actually talking about how easy weight loss is, which I'm 33. I know weight loss is easy, right? But y'all kept saying, it's going to take work and you're going to have to make the decisions. You're going to have to put in the work. And, um, and yeah, I set up a call with you, Tosh. And now I'm family.
0: (laughs) Feels, Feels like a lifetime ago now. Yeah. yeah almost 12 months ago crazy crazy and so much has happened in that 12 months and I'm actually going to throw over to coach Kat now so when coach Kat hello it's been very quiet over there hello. <laughs> so when you first started working with Diana I guess what assessment did you make of her situation and what protocol did you really want to implement with her and why
2: honestly like with Diana um The assessment was just that we wanted to be in a fat loss phase, but the fact is that, you know, in a fat loss phase, depending on how much weight someone has to lose kind of depends, like kind of translates into the severity of the fat loss phase. So if someone's just needing to lose a little bit of weight, you can do a mini cup when you have someone who has a little bit more to lose looking at it as the long game, um, And so in that, we just reduced calories down to a slight deficit and we held it there as long as she was losing centimeters. And I feel like I do have to make the disclaimer that, you know, not every week is linear. You don't always lose centimeters in a week. Um, Sometimes it takes two to three weeks to see a change, but just like playing the long game and making sure that we were tracking along um, at a good rate, honestly, is kind of just where we've been and what we've been doing. And I really do have to credit Diana because she has taken ownership of it. Like, you know, I can give the protocol, I can give the support, but at the end of the day, she is the one who is doing the real footwork and she is always like an all of her check. And she's like the summy, like I, I can do this. Like, this is, this is what I am, you know, setting out to do. I am in control of this and I'm taking ownership of it. And honestly, like I have to credit that to so much of her success. It's just her attitude around it because it was the determination and the will to be adherent. And of course, nobody is like, you know, 100% adherent or even 90% adherent. Really, it's kind of like if you can be 80% adherent, you're on a good track. You're going to get places. And Diana just really didn't give herself excuses, but knew her limits as, you know, I like to go out a certain like I like to have spontaneous you know, times out with friends and things like that, and so we created room for that in her diet um but honestly, I've just as as a coach like so incredibly proud and honestly feel super like blessed that she's my client because she's just such a stellar client, and that makes the results so much easier.
0: That is so beautiful. I really could not agree more with you I think. There's another thing happening here because Diana absolutely has been consistent and adherent and has taken absolute ownership of all of it. And that is critical. It is so critical. However, we need people in our corner to support us. We need accountability. And that is exactly what you have been, Kat. And what I do want you to touch on is how you've worked with Diana around mindset changes and shifts, right? And really educating her on how long this is going to take. From where we started to where we are now, how much weight have you lost, Diana? 42 pounds. In yeah,
1: actually, phenomenal. you said 12 months. So it's been six and a half months.
0: Whoa. Wow. Okay. I'm getting ahead of myself, aren't I? That is phenomenal. Like, so phenomenal. And the great thing about this is you are a little socialite. Like this has not meant you have only eaten chicken, broccoli and rice. Like you have been going out, living your life. You've been on vacation. You've done the things. And I hear from girls so much. I've got a holiday in, you know, next month. I don't think I should start now. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is not about a perfect quote unquote, 12 weeks. This is about actually changing your habits so that it implements and it sticks within your lifestyle so you can get results and keep them. And this is where girls go wrong is that they think that they can, all right, anyone can stick to something for 12 weeks. Can you stick to that for the rest of your life? Can you still go out and socialize and go out for dinner and go on vacation? That's, and still see those results. That's what you need to ask yourself. That is so incredibly phenomenal. I just want to say a big well done to both of you, to really both of you. It's been an absolute team effort. So the biggest part, I think, with any transformation is the mindset, right? Because if your mind's not in the right place, good luck getting any physical results. So along the way, Coach Kat, I'd love to hear from your perspective. Was there any kind of myths that you needed to bust or changes in mindset that you really wanted to work on with Diana?
2: Um, let me think about that just because, you know, every client is different, but I feel like with Diana, honestly, it was just kind of like coming to terms with the fact that like, you know, the relationship with food, like you want to change it, it has to change. And so you can, you can look at food a certain way and, you know, food being, you know, for pleasure or whoever, anybody, whatever, anybody else, like kind of how they view food is like comforting, de-stressing, things like that. Um, but the thing is, is that what got you to where you are is not going to get you out of where you are. And so it's really that mental shift of like, okay, you know, it is okay to look at food as something that's comforting, but it's not okay for it to be the main source of comfort. And that doesn't necessarily mean that that Di- Diana did that all the time, but just to kind of give examples, like, and like suit is like uh, food being the source of like fun and excitement. And that being like, really just playing into like, food is like a source of joy and that's great. Food is a source of joy, but it can't be the source of joy that you lean on the most. Because when you do that, when like you have these relationships with food that are kind of like an end all be all, like it's like such a big deal. It makes it very hard for you to kind of get out of that mindset to get to your goals. Um, and you really need to change that because the thing is, is that if the mindset doesn't change, you can do a 12 week program and be super hardcore about it, but that program is going to end and where, where you're going to be like at the end of the 12 weeks is not where you're going to be a year from now, if you did no mindset work. And so I think for us, like we've just been working on, you know, all, all or nothing mentality, you know, just that thought of like, well, if you mess up, do you, is it, is it over? You know, it's like if you if you accidentally eat over your calories, does it mean that you just throw out the whole rest of the day or the rest of the week? And okay, well, maybe I'm just gonna, you know, push this off. And, you know, not saying that this I mean, honestly, with Diana, she was so receptive that it wasn't something that we were constantly having to like go over. It was like, once it was talked about, it was like, okay, I'm going to implement this. And she's just like the queen of implementation. I just have to say that like, she was like, okay, I trust you. I think that that's right. Let me, let's adjust this. And she just has changing her mindset. And, um, I know Diana, you've even said that like, you've had to change your relationship with food. You've had to change like how you've thought of it. And that's just how it's had to be. And so I think sometimes, you know, we're hesitant to change our relationship with food because it has been a certain thing to us for so long. Um, but really that's where the change happens. Like the mental change comes first and the physical change comes after. And the thing with the mental change is that that change is a lifetime. And so that means that your physical change also, you know, will play throughout your lifetime and you can choose whether that's going to be a positive or a negative thing. And so it's really just been working on, you know, where is your mind around food and how is that? And what does that look like for you mentally and physically in the long run?
0: Oh, some profound words there, Kat. I feel like Coach Kat has lots of wisdom. She should write a book one day. She comes out with these absolute pearlers. And what I, I'm not sure if any of my American listeners understand what a pearler is, but in America, excuse me, in Australia, a pearler is like, like a gem, like a word of wisdom. So there you go. Um, just in case you have no idea what I was talking about.
1: <laughs> so I have to admit something.
0: What? What? Uh-oh. So- <laughs>
1: Um, I actually don't know if either one of you know this. So, I, so I'm an analyst and for like my full-time job, right? I usually do a ton of homework before I spend money on anything because I'm also a financial coach on the side. Um, I just signed up on a gut feeling with GirlFit Method. And then I started scrolling through after I had invested the money and I'm like, oh gosh, they only work with thin girls. They keep talking about a reverse diet and I don't need to reverse anything except my butt back into the gym. Right. Um, and I remember, so I started working with a previous coach, coach G. Um, and I remember, I think it was my third or fourth week and I called her and I said, so do you all work with big girls? Because I'm a big girl. And I like to eat and I see girls here asking questions about how they get more calories in, and I don't have that question. (laughs) Um, and you know, she, she told me that, that y'all did and, um, essentially what it turned into. So here's what I want to admit. Um, I was in a situation where when I found out I'd have to cut calories, I'd have to count them. I'd have to be in the gym. I freaked out. And you can ask some girlfriends of mine. I was a negative Nancy and I was so miserable at the beginning of this program. And essentially, what I did when y'all talk about mindset, I just finally had to tell myself I'm gonna go into this full force. I'm not gonna question anything. I'm gonna trust these women that they have my best interest at heart. And that if I don't succeed and if I don't lose the weight, then it's girlfriend methods fault and not mine. (laughs) And so to Kat's point of, you know, I would, I finally got to her, like the beginning my check-ins were quiet. One word answers. I didn't say much. And then when I noticed that I could trust y'all and that you did have my best intentions in mind, and I didn't have that thought of the previous coaching experiences that I had. Right. Um, Y'all completely changed my perception of coaches. Y'all completely changed my perception of what it is to be in a strong, healthy community of women. Y'all completely changed my perception of how good my legs look in shorts now. Um, (laughs) Y'all did that for me, right? But I had to, I went through that negative phase and I essentially just had to to make the decision. Like the water might be cold, but I'm jumping in and I'm going to trust these girls. Thank you
0: so much for sharing that. Um, I, I think we can sometimes, as we chat about these situations, and you're in the position that you're in now, it's really, it's really easy to think about the hope the whole process as being as being relatively easy, right? You've gotten these results now, but with any kind of change, especially when it comes to changing your relationship with food and making such a massive lifestyle, lifestyle shift, you think about it. When you started to work with us, it would have hit you, oh, okay, my life is going to change if I'm going to follow through on this. And that is scary and incredibly uncomfortable. And we have two options at that point. We either go all in and we trust the process or we retreat and we blame others for not getting the results that we want to get, right? But we actually haven't put the work in and we haven't stepped out in faith and done the thing that feels terrifying. And that's really hard. It is very hard. And I kind of believe that everybody in their life needs to get to that position and that place where they go, do you know what? It's terrifying to make this shift. It's terrifying to lose control. However, what's more terrifying is staying where I'm at. So what what decision am I going to make and what direction am I going to head in? And so I want to say I'm really proud of you because it's not an easy decision to make, but my goodness, has it paid off?
1: It's yeah. it's thanks to it's thanks to you guys. It's thanks to the, the Facebook community. Um I did. I completely trusted you all. And it's gotten me here. It's even in my dating profile. Don't hate me if <laughs> count calories <laughs> warning. my wellness and fitness journey a priority. <laughs> it's literally in there. I love that. Warning, warning. I love it.
0: And you know what? That's not ever the long term goal either. You know, I have I have and I know Coach Kat, for you, for you, your end goal with Diana would be to get her into a position where we've implemented such incredible lifestyle habits that counting calories just won't be necessary after a while. You'll have all that knowledge, you'll know how to maintain your physique, you'll know how to make decisions around your nutrition and your training that serves you. That's the end goal, which is beautiful. But it takes this season of life where it's like, okay, you need to invest in yourself to learn in order to then have that freedom down the track. Yeah. Yeah. I love it's that.
2: Just, it's something I love about working here is because it's not just, uh, get your body to look a certain way program. It's let's change your life. That's like, it's an education. It's an education. You learn so much. I mean, I've been through the program. I learned so much, you know, it's like you learn so much about, you know, um, just how to live a normal life, have a healthy relationship with food and your body you know, and I just, um, I really love that about what we do is that it's not just, okay, you're where you're at. Let's all right. Good job. Talk later. You know, if you need, if you ever get out of like shape and need to get back into it, just let us know. It's not like that. It's, we really want to see long lasting change. And that does require education. And I love that about what we do is that we really focus on the longevity of, you know, the results and, and being with us. So I just, that's awesome
0: that you said that, Diana. Yeah, I love it. And you're so right, Coach Kat. I just want to say as she was talking, like in my mind, I'm thinking the whole purpose and what we want, and I'm, I know I'm speaking for you as well, Coach Kat and Coach Julie and Coach Vanessa is ultimately what we see is women who have this complicated relationship with their body and with food and have a history just like you, Diana, and it's held them back from actually living life. And that's what we want. Like life shouldn't be lived once we hit our goal body. Life should be lived right now. And that starts with a mindset change. And absolutely, food plays a big role in that, in our longevity, in our energy levels, our workouts do, in our strength, in our ability to build confidence as we get stronger. That's all so, so important. But unfortunately, in today's society, I would say the majority of women have issues with the way that they look and have complicated relationships with food and that stops them from being all that they are and we just see the beauty in every single one of our clients wholeheartedly wholeheartedly and we don't want one negative thought or belief about themselves to hold them back from being all that they can be and that's truly all of our hearts and uh, it's just been very inspirational to see you grow and evolve and coach Kat to see you guide and be such an incredible leader. so what I see you as with Diana. It's um like I it's for me, it's such a blessing, such a blessing to see. So well done to both of you. That's so sappy. <laughs>
2: I'm like, thank you. I'm like my eyes yeah, I was like, tears. Yeah, was like, oh, we're gonna get emotional here. <laughs> That's enough
0: of the SAP. That's enough of the SAP. Okay. I want to end this podcast episode with I want both of you to give one piece of advice to someone right now who's feeling fearful about making the leap and making the change. If you could go back in time, because Coach Kat, like you said, you've actually done the program as well. If you go back in time, what's the one piece of advice you would give yourself to say, hey, just go for it?
1: Um, I'd say go with your gut. Cause that's what I did here, right? I saw that y'all were talking about reverse diets and, um, and, you know, getting girls to increase their amount of calories. And, and that was what drew me in. That was, even though I was a bigger girl and I didn't know, I didn't know if I fit the criteria when all my life I've been raised to fit a criteria. I didn't know, but my gut told me, to join. And I, when I joined, I went all in. That's so good.
2: I think for me, it would be, it would be to ask yourself, why wouldn't you like, why, why won't, why don't you step out? And if the ultimate answer to that is anything that's based in fear um, to, to run into the fear um, because fear is not a good guide. Uh, for your life. I mean, yes, it has its purposes. Um, but when it comes to changing your relationship with food and really actually moving into living your life and having a full life, that's not just this narrow tunnel of calories and exercise and how your body looks, um, fear is an inhibitor of life. And so I would just say, run, run into it and just, and just go for it because once you get through it, oh my gosh, it's amazing. And it's so life-changing.
0: Yeah, I could not agree more. I love both of those pieces of advice. I think we get stuck thinking that fear is real and fear really isn't. And once you understand that all the good stuff happens outside of your comfort zone, that's when you can really start to live life and really achieve your goals. So thank you both for joining me today. I've actually really loved this conversation. It's just like lifted my spirit so much and it truly is. And I know this sounds so corny but it is actually really inspirational and I'm so so proud to have you both in my life and to be able to serve you Diana and just to see you grow and coach Kat just to see you be such an incredible coach so thank you both so much. I loved that podcast episode honestly I get emotional every single time I talk to one of our clients about their transformation because it really hits home to me that Everything that we're doing and our coaches, a massive shout out to our coaches. I mean, the girls, Vanessa, Julie, Kat, are just so incredibly phenomenal. And they're the ones really changing lives. And I want to see them shine and they do shine through in the way that they are changing the lives of our girls. And I just feel so blessed to be a part of that. So I'm not going to like yap on about this much longer, but I feel very grateful and I'm so proud of both Coach Kat and diana now anyway i am here to answer a listener question so this question comes in from aretha instagram handle re pringles Mm, i love pringles and the question is about creatine so do you supplement with creatine also on rest days this is a really great question answer is yes i try to be as consistent as i possibly can with creatine it's not like you get the effects of creatine on the day that you take it, right? So it's not like it's a macronutrient. For example, you use a protein powder and that helps you get your protein in for the day. Creatine stores will build up over time and then you want to maintain those stores. So just consuming creatine on a daily basis is a really good way to go about things. Or if you forget, you know, maybe on a weekend, then like five to six days per week is absolutely plenty. But I wouldn't be just using creatine on the days that you work out because it's not really a supplement that's used that way right so we fill up so we have nice and high creatine levels we then can maintain those if we continue to take it on a daily basis and remember three to five grams every single day is all that you need that was a really great question i always get questions about creatine i have made a post a little video about it on my instagram so go check that out i talk about why to take it how to take it how much to take and what kind of um, type of creatine you should be taking as well all right guys that is it from me I can't wait to be back in your ears next week big love coach Tash